0: Well, good morning again. Hey. Well, we are we began last week and we're working through a, a short series, a couple more weeks that is titled The Substance of Relationships, The Substance of Relationships. And what we're leaning into here is what what has God designed to be some of the core elements of our relationships with One another. Again, I said this last week, but we're not gonna speak about the different kinds of human relationships that we can have. There there are a variety of those sorts of relationships that we can have. We're not looking specifically at one uh, or all of those. Rather, what we're looking at is if we were to look at the substance, what's inside of those relationships? What commonalities would we see? What has God designed uh, in relationships? And last week, I, I hope that one of the key takeaways was that relationships matter. I think I had you repeat that three or four different times uh, last week, but relationships uh, matter. And why is that? Well, two primary reasons. Number one is that relation, relationships uh, are are going to be the first place where the fruit of the Spirit, and the fruit, when we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, we're talking about when we place our faith in Jesus, one of the things that happens is that our sin is forgiven and we are cleansed, but we are also filled with His Spirit for the purpose of bringing into our world God's character. We're, we're supposed to walk in the character of Jesus. And so the fruit of the Spirit is the evidence of God being present and alive in us by the power of His spirit and the primary place where it's going to be evident whether or not God's spirit dwells in you is in the context of relationships relationships are where the fruit of the spirit is going to is going to is going to show up And the other reason why relationships matter is that our relationships with one another were meant to be, we use the word signposts, they're meant to be markers and pointers to the greater reality of who God is, of his love for us, of the design that he has for us to be in relationship with him. Our relationships with one another are a shadow and a pointer to who God is and to his glory. And so for those reasons, relationships really, really really matter and we said last week where are we going to look to um, where are we going to find a model for what our relationships are going to look like because we said look if we look around us even if we look in our own world relationships are kind of a mess in a lot of ways we look around relationships are kind of a mess where do we find a true north in this conversation where do we discover what right relationship is going to look like and I laughed and told you last week look this is a classic Sunday school answer where do we look we look to God We look to him, that's where we look to a model. Why? Because God has revealed himself to us as father, son, and spirit in perfect unity and in perfect love. And so it's only when we look to him and when we, as we said last week, when we imitate him as children, that's the way in which we start to image him in our relationships with one another. The reality is we cannot bear the fruit of God's spirit in our relationships with one another without having an abiding relationship with God. We can't have healthy relationships with one another without having healthy and right relationship with God. And so this morning, we're gonna kick off and kind of start to look at some of the elements of, uh, or the substance, rather, of relationship. And I'm gonna start in a place that may surprise you. I'm, I'm dying to know, I wanted to do a poll with this, like, what are you expecting us to talk about? I'm dying to know what you wanna talk about in, in uh, this series, but I'm gonna start in a place where maybe you don't expect, and one of the elements that is intended to be in our relationships with one another with one another is the element of delight. Now, how many of you this morning expected the series to start right there? Don't lie. Not a hand raised? Okay, nobody had delight on their notes at the top of the. Nobody this morning? Okay, well, good. It's an unexpected place to begin, but we're gonna start with delight as a key element of our relationships with one another. What does delight mean? Well, I wanna try to give, you to, give this to you in, uh, in, a, in a bit of a picture. And kids, I wanna get into your bags. And into, in your bags, you've got a flower, some variety of a flower. Now, the irony is this flower is fake. So sorry for that, but it's just meant to be uh, an illustration, okay? You got in your bags a flower. And, 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 and what this flower is meant to, to be is just a, a picture of beauty in creation. I don't know about you, but there are certain moments that I could take you back to in my life where the, the, the magnitude and the beauty of what God has created have, have overwhelmed me and stopped me where I am. Can you think about maybe where that has been for you? Think about, think about a moment, and for some of you, maybe it's something tiny, tiny, small. I can tell you the last time that this happened for me. We kinda live out in the country, and all of the time, all of the time, the outside things are coming inside. Anybody else have kids? And the outside thing, they don't understand that that threshold sometimes means that the outside things stay outside and the inside things are inside. They bring the outside things inside. So there's sticks and rocks and flowers and all sorts of random stuff. It's like on the kitchen counter. I'm going, why are we, but anyway. The other day, Shil- I, think, I think I'll think i give credit appropriately, but I th- but Shiloh was out and, uh, and on one of his adventures and he comes back and I noticed on our countertop there's this, Tiny little uh, little vase with water in it, and this tiny, I'm telling you, this little flower that was maybe this big, or weed, whatever it is. In East Texas, the weeds are pretty too, right? And, um, and it was the, it stopped me. I came in from, uh, from work and was put, I hauled my stuff, put my stuff down and it literally just stopped me. This thing caught my eye. It was the most unique, I wish I had a picture. It was the most unique little flower I've ever seen. It was tiny and purple and had all these thin uh, little, it looked like a dandelion, but just purple and yellow and not a dandelion because those things are dreadful. Uh, but it was incredible. And this tiny little thing stopped me in my tracks and I just noticed it and had a moment, just me and God's creation right there in our kitchen just had a moment where I stopped and delighted in what I was seeing. You ever have one of those moments? Think back to the last time where you just beheld what was in front of you and enjoyed it for what it was. See, this is delight. Delight in Hebrew, the word is, is ratzah, and it's to enjoy or favor something. And it's always used from the speaker. So the speaker using the word would be talking about someone or something in a way that is saying that I am delighting in and enjoying whatever it is that is in front of me. And believe it or not, delight is meant to be one of the things that is part of our relationships with one another. God has created us to delight not only in Him, but to delight in one another. But we said that in order to understand these elements of relationship, we've got to first look to Him. And I thought it was really cool that three different times in the book of Matthew, Matthew points our attention to the relationship between the Father and the Son, and he highlights delight. We read one of those this morning. I wanna take you there, Matthew chapter three. Ed read it for us here just a minute ago. But this is the moment where Jesus is baptized. And I wanna draw your attention to a couple of different words here. Look at verse 16. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said. Now listen to what the father says about the son. He says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now we might be tempted to think that the the that the father being pleased with the son in that moment is because of the son's obedience in baptism. But notice that he doesn't say, this is my son who's being obedient to me and whom I'm well pleased. Notice that he says, this is my son. He makes a statement simply about who Jesus is and it's who he is that God says, or that the father says that he is Pleased with. Now, this is a theme. Matthew wants us to notice this throughout his gospel. Go to Matthew chapter 12. It's just a couple of pages to your right in Matthew chapter 12. Matthew interrupts the dialogue, and he has, kind of this, he has kind of this narration moment. Jesus has been healing, and he has been, has been doing miracles, and you know how it goes, and the Pharisees are agitated about it, and Jesus withdraws in this moment of agitation. The Pharisees being agitated, Jesus withdraws, and people follow him, and then Matthew stops to say, oh, by the way, I want to make sure you understand what's going on here. Matthew says all of this is happening to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. And so he quotes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verse 1. And he says, notice this, verse 18 of chapter 12. He says, behold, my servant whom I've chosen, my, and here's that word again, beloved, with whom my soul is well-pleased, He says, I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He goes on and describes the work of the Messiah, but notice again here that there's a connection between the giving of the spirit, which we saw in Matthew 3, we're now seeing in Matthew chapter 12, but there's also this totally unqualified statement of affection and delight from the Father to the Son. And the delight of the Father to the Son is not something that just shows up with Jesus, but was actually, Isaiah talked about it, he said it was coming, that that there is coming a beloved servant that the father has chosen that is the son and the father delights in or is pleased with the son. Now go all the way to the right a little bit more, go to Matthew chapter 17 and again, we're gonna see this pop up. Now this is an incredible moment and one that we could have a whole sermon series on. This is called the transfiguration and Jesus takes aside with him, Peter and James and John. And they, it's the scripture says that they go up to a high mountain. It's this really cool picture talking back to, uh, or speaking back to and drawing back to our memory, God's encounter with Moses, but it says that, that Jesus goes aside and he begins to, it says in verse two, he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light and there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we're here. If you wish, I'll make three tents. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. I don't know what my response would have been in the moment, but it probably wouldn't have been tents. I'd be like, can I get you guys anything? You know, I don't know. That was... A bad joke. (laughs) You you guys helped me out a little bit this morning. So Peter's overwhelmed in the moment. It says, while he was still speaking, verse five, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, here it is again. This is my beloved son. Notice again, it's a this is. It is a statement about who Jesus is not about anything that he's done. It's just this is who he is. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now that statement, that phrase that Matthew repeats throughout his gospels and that we see in Mark and John as well and in Luke, we see this narrative play out over and over again. The father's delight in the son. That phrase, in whom I'm well pleased, is an expression of delight. It literally means to, to take pleasure in, to delight. But normally when we think of delight, normally when we think of enjoying someone or something, we typically think about it in the context of qualifiers, what do I mean by qualifiers? What I mean is we don't, we don't make the statement, this is in whom I'm well pleased. We make statements about what someone has done for us, about what someone has provided for us, or about what they have done. We typically don't think about delight as it relates to people and just who they are. We think about delight in terms of what they have done for us. But that's not really delighting in the person at all. That's just enjoying what they can give us in the moment, providing for us in the moment. And interestingly enough, I think oftentimes we think about our relationship with God in the same way. We think about the delight of the Father to us. We think about it in terms of qualifiers. We think God delights in me if and when, not because We don't think about God's delight in us being like God's delight in the sun. We typically think about God's relationship with us in the same way that we look at our relationships with one another. And it's basically if you do this and I'll do this, this agreement, then we can delight in one another. It's conditional. We very rarely think about unconditional delight in one another because of who God has created us to be. And we transfer that to God and I think very rarely think that God just delights in you because And because we can't think that way with God, we have a hard time thinking that way with one another. But notice in each of these statements, the father's delight in the son has no qualification. Not one time in any of these statements does the father speak about his delight in the son because of what the son has done. It is simply, this is my beloved in whom I am well pleased the father's delight in the son stands alone with no prerequisite action, no prerequisite qualification. It simply is. So what is this gonna look like in our relationships one another? with one another? How do we break free of our delight in relationships with one another really being more about what you can give me and I can give you? And I think the beginning is to realize that we ourselves are also objects of God's delight. Now, I'm gonna say something that you've probably heard since you were a kid. If you've been in church in any amount of time, you have probably heard this message. Do not disregard the profound nature about what I'm about to say, and that is simply this, that in Jesus, God delights in you. In Jesus, God delights in you and this has to be the beginning of us delighting in one another. Romans chapter eight, verse 16 and 17 explicitly says that we have been made co-heirs with the Messiah, that we belong in his household and co-heirs meaning, it means that we are the same as. In, in, in God's eyes, in God's, uh, in God's kingdom, you and I share status with the Son. You wanna talk about the magnitude of grace, the fact that I can say that out loud, that in God's eyes, we share status with the Son. What kind of grace might make that a reality? But that's the reality. And I want you to think about this. If that's true, if we belong in God's household and share status with the Son, then here's the deal. Then God delights in you in the same way that he delights in the sun. God delights in you in the same way that he does in the sun, in Jesus, right now, in this moment. And I know what happened in the parking lot, or I don't, but you do. I know what happened on the way here. It's, you know, it's like, well, you know what happened. You know what happened yesterday. You know your thoughts this morning. You know how you were judging that person in Sunday school that was sharing an answer, and you were like, that is total ridiculousness, right? With all of that, the reality is that right now in this moment, you and I are living under the fullness of the Father's delight. That needs to change some of our lives this morning. That right now, you and I are living under the fullness of the Father's delight. And I know it sounds simple, and you're like, great, Sunday school, Jesus loves me. I know, but do you get it? Do we get it? That is simple, but that is deep. And you wanna know why I know that's deep? Let me just, can I share a little bit? This is church, can I be honest? Because I've found that I am profoundly insecure. Not you, me. You guys are good, I'm sure. I'm deeply insecure. You wanna know why I need to hear that the Father delights in me as he does the Son? Because I have found that oftentimes I go out and search for someone or something to satisfy me in a way that the delight of the Father only can I want you to praise me. I want this church to do well. And I want for you to come to me and go, man, we really appreciate what you're doing. We really appreciate your leadership. I want you to like me. I want you to think that these sermons are good. And I'm talking about like the kind that you leave here and you're like, let me tell a friend about how good that was. That's what I want. And I want you to tell me about that. And I want to belong. I want you to want me at the party. I'm not coming, but I want you to invite me. You hear me? I am deeply insecure. And look for somebody else to delight in me cuz I think that might fill me up. But you know what I found? That that's a treadmill. <laughs> That's a treadmill that I stay on. It's an exhausting treadmill. And I'm just preaching. I'm just being real. Like this isn't like this was what I was 10 years ago. I'm talking about I woke up with this. And the only, the only place of rest is the repeating to my heart that the Father delights in me. And notice I said Repeating. I need that message more than once a day. But if the Father delights in me, then I don't have to use you. If the Father delights in me, we don't have to use one another to fill something that we're missing. If the Father delights in me, then I am free to delight in you for who he's created you to be. And you are free to delight in me for who God has created me to be. And we get to enjoy one another because we're not looking for one another to twist and manipulate one another in order to get what we need. And see, oftentimes that's what we're doing. We're twisting and manipulating one another, calling that love. That's not love at all. If it was real love, then we would be able to freely delight in who God has created one another to be without, what does Paul say, envying or boasting. Do you see why Paul says that love doesn't have envying and boasting in it? Because envying and boasting is, a, is, is the opposite of delight. When I'm envying and boasting, I'm going, I'm not really enjoying you for who you are. I'm really wishing that who you are was part of me. I'm really wishing that the praise that comes to you would actually come to me, right? Nobody else is insecure in the room, just me, and I'm okay with that, sort of. (laughs) But if we're gonna delight in one another, we have to first realize that the Father delights in us. And actually, God's design for the work of the church, in order for us to do what God has intended for us to do, it's actually built on us delighting in one another. The work of the church is is actually connected to our ability to delight in one another. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm not going to preach these chapters to you. But there's, there's there's several chapters in the middle of Paul's uh, letter to the church in Corinth where he talks about the need for us to delight in one another. And we always talk about it as he's talking about one body and many members. But what Paul says is, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, there's a lot of variety in the body of Christ, amen? He says there, there's a lot of differences that God has orchestrated in the body of Christ. And all of those differences in activities and gifts and service, all of those differences find their unity in the fact that it's God who created them. There is variety, but it is the same Lord who created and gave that variety. So unity is not in the sameness of the people, but the sameness of the God in whom they serve. You with me? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's interesting that 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the one we call the love chapter and always talk about with marriage, is not about that at all. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't apply, but it's not about that at all. He's talking about us. He's talking about the church, and he's saying that love looks a certain way because he knows that the uniqueness, the way that God has created each one of us, and the way that God has designed for those unique attributes to play out as a blessing to the body will only work if at the core is our love for one another. Because if we love one another, if we're delighting in one another, then we are allowing one another to be who God created us to be even if that's different than us I haven't taken a breath in a while are you guys okay do you see that though if love isn't there what he says is that those gifts turn inward on themselves and we might practice the gifts that God has given us but to no avail because love is not in the middle and that's why he says love doesn't envy or boast and there's a long list but love doesn't envy or boast because love's not sitting here going I need to be like what David is Love says, I get to celebrate who David is while living into who God has created me to be, and he gets to enjoy me, I get to enjoy him, and in the context of the enjoyment of one another, he actually blesses me, I bless him, and the kingdom advances. But if there's no love, which means there's no delight, then when he is who he is, I'm over here going, Man, I wish I was like that. I need some of that. I'm insecure about what I'm not and what he is, you guys tracking? And so I start to live into relationship with him in a manipulative and distorted way because there's no love and delight at the center. Envying and boasting, they're the opposite of delight. And if we're gonna, I think if we're gonna be who God has called us to be, then the root of this is that we've gotta first discover that God delights in us. There's, I can't tell you better news than that. That God delights in you. And the freedom of that is that in Jesus, there's no qualification. Just, God just delights in you. And because he does, you have the freedom with one another to delight in one another. And when we're delighting in one another, then the beauty of what God has designed within the body, the uniqueness is on full display. And I believe that we're impactful in our community. So how do we do this? How do we actually apply this? Well, the first thing I would just tell you is, remember that sermon I needed to preach to me today, that the Father delights in me? Preach it. (laughs) The beginning of this is to often, throughout the day, take a deep breath and call to your mind and heart the reality of God's delight for you. Don't don't rush past this. Some of you are going like, okay, yeah, whatever. Tell God, you know, tell myself God loves me. That sounds like some self-help hack. (laughs) Or the most profound truth that you could ever speak over yourself in a day. Do You wanna know that there's nowhere else that you can find pure, genuine delight over you than him? There's nowhere else you'll find it. And do you know that it's actually the thing that you need the most? So we should often, we should begin our day and wake up in the morning and breathe in and go, today is a day where I will not come out from under the Father's delight in me. You sit down for lunch, just tell yourself, I'm eating lunch today as an object of the delight of God, regardless of what happened between breakfast and lunch. And when you sit down for dinner and when you go before you put your head down at night, remind yourself that today was a day I lived completely in the household of my father where he delights in me. And preach that to yourself over and over and over and over again. Because I've found that for me, when that insecurity pops up, and I'm going to tell you it happens a thousand times a day, the message that I have to preach to myself, that the Spirit of God reaches out and puts into my mouth, is that message that God delights in you. Why are you searching for this elsewhere? Hang on, the Father delights in you. That's the beginning. The second step, how do we delight in one another? I think the second thing is, thank God for those around you. Have you even noticed who God's put around you? Have you taken the time to get to know the people in this room? There's some brilliant, extraordinary, wonderful people in this room. Do you know them? Do we know each other? And more than that, do we not just know each other like a baseball card, you know, like I know their facts? I know where they're from, and I know what job they were. Like, do you know them? Like, so much so that you know them in a way that you could pray and thank God for who they are. Begin to thank God for the people that are in your life, and even go a step further, and talk to them about who God is in them. Talk to them about what you see. Share with them. And I know, like, I'm getting into uncomfortable zone, and if you need to stand six feet away when you do that, Great. But stand in front of somebody and go, this is who I see that God has created you to be. Speak over them who God has created them to be. Thank God for them. Ask God to help you see them as he does and then speak to one another about who God has created us to be. And some of us, the sad answer to that challenge is I don't have time for that. We are in a devastating place where I think the thing that we have the least amount of time for is the thing that we need the most and that is relationship. How have we arrived there? How have we arrived at a place where what we put our hands to, our work and our hobbies have surpassed our relationships? Something is broken in our lives. If we don't know someone else well enough to tell them who God has called them to be, if we can't speak over them who God has created them to be, then we don't know them well enough and something is broken in our lives if we don't know a handful of people well enough to say, RJ, here's how I see God moving in your life. And if spending that amount of time feels like a root canal to you, I just think we need to reexamine our priorities. Did you know that Actually, delight in relationship is something that God built into our week. God intended for it to be a weekly habit. It's called Sabbath. And before it all went wrong, there was this thing called Sabbath, and it was an entire day that was purposed for one thing, delighting in God, delighting in creation, and delighting in one another. If that sounds foreign to us, it tells you how far we've gone. If the thought of a day of delighting in God, delighting in creation, and delighting in one another, if we're like, I can't fit that in, it tells you where we're at. You guys with me? Smile. I'm telling you it's good news. Let's just just get it again. You know who runs your schedule? You know who runs my schedule? I do. You know who creates my priorities? I do. We can fix it. We can fix it. So here's the deal. I want to come to a time of invitation. And I want to just start by saying, look, if if, I'm just going to root this in the gospel. If Jesus has been raised from the dead, and there is nothing that's going to convince me that Jesus has not been raised from the dead. If Jesus is raised from the dead, then it is an emphatic stamp on the reality of God's delight in you. If he's been raised from the dead, then he is who God says that he is. And he is God. And he is a manifestation of God. And in him, we see the fullness of love. And if he is raised from the dead, then God delights in you and me this morning. And for some of us, we have never stepped into the reality of that relationship. That in and through Jesus, we can step into a relationship with the Father where he completely delights in you and me. And if for you this morning, that's the step you need to take. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you know nothing of that delight, then then today is a day I would just encourage you to think about what would it look like for you to repent of your sin? The Bible says just to lay it down, quit living for yourself, to turn and to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You saw it here. You saw the expression of that testimony here. What would it look like for you to step into relationship with Jesus? But many of us in a church setting, many of us, the reality is we've been doing church a long time and we've actually forgotten. We are so busy working for him that we've forgotten who we are in him. Y'all with me? That's not gonna preach in a church this morning. I can't get one amen, not one for that in a church house this morning. There's nobody in here that's been working so long for him that you have forgotten who you are in him. There's nobody in here whose soul might be refreshed just a little bit by just stopping for a minute and going that the delight of the Father is not based on my Sunday school record or how many times I've shared the gospel with my friend or or the work that I've done for him, how many mission trips I've been on, that God's delight in me is not based on any of those things, that in Jesus, God delights in me fully and completely. I'm just gonna say amen because I need that message this morning many of us that have been doing it the longest are the ones that have forgotten it the most. It's become about so many other things, and we need to just remember that the Father delights in us. And for some of us, I think this morning, we need to examine our relationships. For some of us this morning, relationships are just our currency, and if we examine the relationships in our life, we're manipulating and using others just for the sake of our own satisfaction because we've detached so far from the delight of the Father that we're using one another to give us what only God can. And I wanna just ask us, if, that, if you would just pray this morning and if God, by his spirit, would bring to your mind maybe some relationships where that's the case, what would it, what would it look like for you to simply just stop and thank God for that person? What would it look like for you to repent before the Lord this morning to go, God, I'm sorry that, that I've, I've begun to see my relationships with my, with, with my wife or with my kids or with my friends or whatever it is, whoever that person is. God, would you just forgive me for seeing them transactionally? And God, would you help me this morning just to see them how you see them? And spend some time this morning thanking God for the people in your life. Spend some time this morning asking God if there's anyone in your world that you just need to go to and tell them face-to-face, like, here's why I'm thankful for you. And here's who I believe that God has created you to be. What would that look like for you to tell someone about the ways in which God has created them that you get to delight in? I would invite you to stand this morning. And there's a variety of different ways that God might be urging you to do business this morning. One of those might be just to stay where you're at, and that's fine. If your feet are in the concrete in your seat this morning, just make sure it's the Holy Spirit that's keeping you there, and you just do business with God there. But if God's asking you to move around this morning, I wanna just tell you a few options. In the back, we're gonna have prayer partners. These are people that just wanna wanna pray with you, agree with God in what he's doing in your life with you, and they will be at the back If you need to move across the room this morning and speak to someone else to pray for them or to speak with them, please feel free during this time to do that. And as always, this time uh, is open for you to come to the front of the room. If you just need to lay your face down before the Lord, just publicly in front of your family, then we are open to that as well. However, the spirit of God is leading you. And that's our prayer, Father, that by your spirit, you would lead us and guide us. God, that you would remind us of the simple truth that you delight in us. Because of Jesus, you delight in us. And I pray that you would free us from the bondage, the treadmill of having to use and manipulate one another for the thing that only you can give us. God, free us this morning to delight in you and you alone and free us this morning that in that delight of you to be able to delight in one another. Would you lead us this morning by the power of your spirit